has been seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 3. We got off to a great start last Sunday in our study through this final fantastic chapter of Titus. We know the theme for chapter 3 is right living. As Christ followers, we follow Christ. Say that with me out loud. As Christ followers, we follow Christ. As John told us, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. Thankfully, when God saved us, he placed his Holy Spirit in us to help us walk as Jesus walked. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire, grace, strength, and wisdom we need to live God's way. We walk by the Spirit as we humble ourselves before God and depend on God every day throughout each day. And so Paul enters this final chapter, verse 1, as we focused our attention last Sunday on this verse, remind them, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, and to be ready for every good work. Paul commanded Titus, the elders and pastors then, and elders and pastors today, to remind God's people about God and his word. Remind means to bring to mind. It means to cause to remember. It's a command that, that pastors and elders are to obey as they preach and teach the word of God. We need reminders for a couple of reasons. Number one, we need reminders because we're forgetful. And I know this isn't any late-breaking news for most of us, if not all of us. We have reminder apps, reminder emails, reminder texts, reminder phone calls, reminder messages, reminder notes to help us remember what we need to know, do, and say because we are forgetful. We need reminders to help us stay faithful. We know that reminders help us to focus on God. Reminders help us to walk by faith in God, and the best reminders are found in God's Word, such as trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, think about God in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. In due time, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you are hardened by sin's deception. Forgive as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Look not only in your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Live in harmony with one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. As If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God's grace is sufficient for us, and his power is perfected in our weaknesses. Those who hope in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God's word reminds us to live God's way. Paul gave Titus, seven reminders 
to share with God's people. These reminders help us live God's way. These are seven sticky notes, if you will, as we shared last Sunday. Seven reminders that we're to put on those sticky notes to put up. So we'll be reminded that these are some of the ways that God wants us to live today and this week. We're going to look at these reminders again this morning. Last Sunday, we made our way through the first three reminders. And so let's look at those real quick. The first reminder is remind them to submit to authorities. Submit means to line up under the leadership of another willingly and voluntarily. Titus and all the Christ followers in Crete were to submit daily to the governing authorities in Crete. As followers of Jesus, we are to submit daily to the governing authorities over us, federal, state, and local authorities. As we submit to God, he allows us to submit to those in authority over us. The second reminder is remind them to obey. Obey means to believe, to trust, to follow. And so Paul wanted all Christ followers to know those in Crete years and years ago, those that were the recipients of these scriptures, and us as followers of Jesus today, we are to obey the persons in positions of authority over us. We obey as long as uh, we are called and not called, to, as long as we're called to, to live according to the Word of God. But if we are called to obey God's Word, as we shared last Sunday, we looked at some examples, we're to obey God. We're to choose to obey God when it comes to obeying God or disobeying God. And when we choose to obey God, we do so, and then we trust God with the results. We all understand our obedience to God is a demonstration day by day of our faith in God. The third reminder is he said, remind them to be ready for every good work. We need to be spiritually ready, prepared, fit at all times to join God in every one of his good works. We do good works for Jesus in the grace and power of Jesus. As Paul reminded us in chapter 2, for Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his possession Eager to do good works. Say that with me out loud. Eager to do good works. And so we know and understand that God wants us to be ready, prepared, fit spiritually, eager to do good works. That he, oh by the way, has already prepared ahead of time for us to do. Therefore we join God in the good works that he has prepared ahead of time for us to do in his strength for his glory. And so we're going to continue moving forward in verse 2 this morning. He said, remind them, and we're continuing in verse 2, so he's continuing in this string of reminders to slander no one, to avoid fighting, to be kind, and to always show gentleness to all people. Now, as you've already noticed, I'm sure, what we're seeing here uh, is a focus on relationships. And we'll, we'll see this as we make our way through these four. We're talking about a focus on relationships. And we know, first and foremost, our most important relationship is the vertical relationship. And so when our relationship with God is in place, when we are seeking Him, humbling ourselves before Him, walking by His Spirit, then we have the opportunity and all that we need to make sure our horizontal relationships are in place. And so we're able to do all that God wants us to do in these reminders as he's number one in our lives. With him being number one in our lives, now what Paul is 
telling Titus and he's sharing with us today is that we need to put emphasis in the Lord's strength on our horizontal relationships. And so he said the fourth reminder is remind them to slander no one. Slander means to defame, to malign, to speak evil against. Slander is verbal abuse against another person. Slander is often spoken behind the other person's back. Slander is sin, and it is most often untrue. A person who slanders someone is intentionally trying to damage and hurt that person's name and reputation by causing others to think negatively about them. Paul said, remind them to slander no one. No one clearly means no one. What that means is a follower of Jesus Christ, with the vertical connected properly, will be seen in our horizontal relationships, and that will be seen in this way. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we are not to slander, defame, malign, or speak evil against anyone. Now, there's a few targets I want us to mention just to make sure that we we understand we must not slander. I know he said no one, and that's very general. Let's get specific. First, we must not slander God. Let's not slander God. We slander God when we speak falsely about God, when we speak flippantly about God, when we take God's name in vain, when we live for self and sin rather than living for God. If you remember in chapter 2, Paul reminded and told us that we're to live our lives in such a way that the word of God is not slandered. And we covered that a few weeks back. Slandered there means dishonored, discredited, blasphemed. So we dishonor God when we disobey God. So we must not slander God. We must not slander authorities. He just shared this with us. In verse 1, we submit to the authorities over us. We obey the authorities over us. We certainly pray for the authorities over us. We do not slander the authorities over us. A third target is we must not slander others, those that God places around us. A way that we love others is by the words we speak to and about others. And Paul reminded us in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is helpful to build someone up in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. If you continue to read in verse 30 and 31, you'll see that Paul continued and said, let all slander be removed from you. Let all slander be removed from you. So what do we know? Well, we know that slander is foul language. Slander is unwholesome talk. Slander doesn't build others up, it tears others down. Slander is out of place in the life of a follower of Jesus. We know from Scripture that we can disagree with others without damaging others. 
We can disagree with others without disparaging others. We can disagree with others without demeaning others. It's okay to disagree. Actually, it's at times very positive and healthy and biblical to disagree because God produces growth, but we do it without damaging others. And then we must not slander those who slander us. This might be the most challenging of the targets. When others slander us, we must choose to follow the example of Jesus. When others slander us, we must choose to follow the example of Jesus. Peter told us in 1 Peter 2 and verse 23, when Jesus, when he was insulted, when Jesus was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. And so when others slander us, when that comes to our attention, when we are made aware that others have slandered us, most often that happens when we're not around. We must not immediately run to try to find where that person is to strike back, to get even, to slander back. We take it to God and we trust God to take care of it for us. Scripture tells us that God is our defender. And so we take it to God because it hurts. We take it to God because it makes us angry. We take it to God because in those moments our flesh wants to attack. And so we take it to God so that we don't take it out on anybody else. And as we take it to God, we leave it with God. And we trust God that he will take care of it for us. And we then continue moving forward by faith. And a great next step, in case this is something that you were dealing with currently in one of your horizontal relationships, a great next step is then after we take it to God and leave it with God and we continue walking by faith in God, we pray for that person who was slandering us. We begin praying for that person. You see, as you know, I know, Scripture reminds us, love doesn't keep score. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love forgives. And so it's vitally important for us. Paul makes it real clear. When it comes to slander, we must confess it if we're guilty of it. Because we must confess it. We must forgive it when others slander us, and then we must do all that we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ, as encouragers to one another, to confront slander when we hear it, to reject slander, and then to run from slander. It has no place in the body of Christ. It damages our horizontal relationships. And so Paul said, remind them to slander no one, remind them to avoid fighting. Now you would think this one would be kind of obvious, remind them to avoid fighting. Avoid fighting literally means to be a non-brawler, to be a non-fighter physically and more intentionally verbally. To avoid fighting means not argumentative, not contentious, not quarrelsome. 
I like how one Bible scholar talked about this verse. He said, this verse is describing a person who doesn't walk around with a chip on their shoulder. A Christ follower, and you know this as well as I do, a Christ follower who is argumentative, contentious, quarrelsome, always ready to engage in anyone and everything in a war of words is a hindrance to the cause of Christ and the gospel. They turn people away from Jesus rather than drawing them to Jesus. They create problems instead of peace. They show hostility instead of humility. And so Paul made it clear to Titus, to all followers of Jesus then and now, listen, remind them to avoid fighting. Now, Paul used this verb one other time in his writings, and that was in his first letter to Timothy when he said an elder must not be quarrelsome. Paul understood well an argumentative, contentious, quarrelsome elder or pastor will not be able to effectively lead God's family. They will not be able to effectively lead their own family, their own lives, much less the family of God. So what Paul was reminding Titus, and it's a great reminder for us this morning, as we're focusing in on these reminders and we're thinking them in the context of our relationships and in our horizontal relationships, Paul was reminding Titus and the, the believers there in Crete to watch their words, to manage their mouths. As James said in chapter 3 and verses 7 and 8, every kind of animal bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Tell us how you really feel, James. He goes on in that passage to say, it's such a small part of the body, but it dictates the course of our days. We know Solomon said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Paul, James, Solomon all agree. Our words carry weight. Our words have more influence than we could ever imagine. Our words can be used for good and bad, to build up and to tear down. But listen, our words can be used for life and for death. Paul was reminding believers in us today, we need to use our words for life, not death. In all of our relationships, starting with those closest to us and extending out to those farthest, farthest from us. And the good news for us this morning is this, God's grace is sufficient, amen? God's grace is sufficient, it's more than enough for us. And God's grace enables us to use our words for life. God's grace enables us 
to set a guard over our mouths, to muzzle our mouths so that we don't use them for death. But instead, we use them to build up and not tear down. A follower of Christ. We're talking about our horizontal relationships are to use our words to be peaceable, forgiving, loving, and encouraging. There's no place for this situation, this issue, this sin of slander, and then of fighting and being quarrelsome and argumentative and contentious to find a home in our lives. They will destroy us and they will destroy our relationships. And he's making this clear. He's saying, Titus, remind them. These are things I'm sure that these believers knew. These are truths that we know. If I had given a pop quiz at the beginning of this sermon and said, is it good to slander people? Every one of you has said, no. Is it good to avoid fighting? You just said, absolutely yes. These are things we know, truths we know, but unfortunately, many times it's those truths that we know from God's word that we are failing to practice in our day-to-day lives. The horizontal is out of touch with the word of God. Why? Because our vertical is not correctly and properly aligned with God. We're walking in the flesh, not the spirit. We're living our way, not God's way. We're trusting in our strength and wisdom, not his strength and wisdom. And so when that happens, things start to get out of control horizontally in our lives. And so Titus said, remind them. Slander no one. Avoid fighting. And he said, third, or actually the sixth, the third this morning, but the sixth reminder, the sixth sticky note is remind them to be kind. Kind means equitable, fair, gentle, patient. Kind, when it relates to being fair, means free from favoritism. Scripture tells us we're not to have favorites. We're not to show favoritism to anyone in any context or situation. Kind, as it relates to being gentle, means free from harshness. Kind is, being kind means to be free from harshness in looks, in tones, and in words. Kind, when it relates to being patient, means that, that we're free from wanting to seek revenge and to get even and to strike back at those who may be unkind toward us. We're willing to wait on God and trust in God. Being kind literally describes a follower of Jesus who is willing to grant God's grace to others, who is willing to give others the benefit of the doubt, who is willing to treat others as they would want to be treated. Being kind is so vitally important for us in all of our horizontal relationships. And so we know from God's word, and we could list multiple points here, but let me just give you three real quick points about being kind. Number one, God is kind. It all starts with God. The psalmist said in Psalm 86 and verse 5, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abounding in love to all who call on you. We can all rejoice in this truth. Amen? God is kind to us. That means he's fair, he's gentle, he's patient with us. Next week, we're going to talk about a passage, and God actually lets us know that Jesus Christ, his son, our Savior, is the kindness of God in the flesh. So if we want to know what kindness looks like in action, look to Jesus. We'll talk about that next week. God is kind. The second point is that God produces kindness in us. Thankfully, and we can all rejoice in this as well, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. 
That means God produces kindness in us by his Holy Spirit, which enables us then to show that kindness to those he places around us as we walk by the Spirit. The third point then is we can be kind. We can be kind. We can be kind in the grace and power of Jesus alive and at work in us. That's why Paul told us in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. The beauty of God's word, the beauty of all these reminders, and that's what we were mentioning when we talked about these reminders, vertical before horizontal, is God equips us to do all he calls us to do. God's never going to give us a command in Scripture. God's never going to give us a challenge in Scripture that we need to do this or to do that without giving us the ability to do just this or to do just that. He equips us to do it. And so we know that we can be kind. Kindness stood out in Crete. One of the reasons why Paul commanded the elders to remind them to be kind is kindness stood out in Crete. How do we know that kindness stood out in Crete? Crete. Well, we know because Paul told us that those from Crete had a reputation of being liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. So we can be guaranteed that in Paul's day, he knew, he was well aware, that kindness stood out. The kindness of Christ in action stood out. And we know kindness stands out today. <laughs> in our relationships, in in our society, in the context in which we live. We cannot be guaranteed that others are going to be kind to us. We cannot guarantee others will not slander us. We cannot guarantee others will not want to fight, be argumentative, contentious, and quarrelsome with us. But we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit alive and at work in us as we depend on God, we can make sure that we, that we, who we are responsible for we, we can make sure in His grace and power, not ours, that we respond his way. And we're able to do that as we maintain the priority on our vertical relationship with God day after day after day after day. The final reminder. I love these reminders. So interesting. These reminders that Paul specifically chose to share with Titus and that now God is speaking to us. This seventh reminder is to remind them to always show gentleness to all people. Always showing gentleness to all people. Always means always, every time, every day. Anytime you see always in the scripture, remember always reminds us we can't, God can. I look at it this way. Always is always a call for us to depend on God. Always in scripture is always a call For us to depend on God. And we definitely have to depend on him with this seventh sticky note. Always showing means to demonstrate, display. It means to give visible proof. Gentleness means consideration, friendliness, grace. Consideration means thinking of the other person. Thinking about our thoughts, our words and our actions and how it's going to be received by the other person. Consideration. Thinking about what may be going on in that other person's life. The things that we may know, 
things that we may not know. Consideration. Asking God to give us special insight and discernment into those folks that we have relationships with so that we can slander no one, avoid fighting, so that we can be kind, so that we can always show gentleness. Whether they're coming at us with harshness, whether they're coming at us with unkindness, we're going to always, by God's power, show, give that demonstration, that visible proof of gentleness, consideration, friendliness, grace. To all people, means to all people. Those who have a relationship with God, by God's grace through faith in Jesus, and those who don't. Remember, we are followers of Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we're witnesses for Jesus. And we're to show Jesus to all those that God places around us. Gentleness, like kindness, praise God, is a fruit of the Spirit, which God produces in us by His Holy Spirit, which means we can always show gentleness to all people in His strength, alive and at work in us. Always showing gentleness to all people means depending on God day by day, step by step. Always showing gentleness to all people means desiring, having a true desire to join God in his work in others' lives. So always showing gentleness to all people means investing in those who are around us. Always showing gentleness to all people means desiring to be a blessing to those who got places around us. Always showing gentleness to all people means loving others as Christ loved us. Always showing gentleness to all people means walking in obedience to the truth of God's word. Day after day after day. Notice that we are able to slander no one and avoid fighting by being kind and always showing gentleness to all people. And so we see the beauty of these reminders as they interact with one another and as they come together to allow and enable us to be a blessing to all those relationships that we have. All the many different kinds of relationships we're able to be a blessing. As we remember these truths, as Paul said, remind them. We, most of us, know these truths, but we desperately need to be reminded of these truths. So what's our application today? How do we put this truth into action? Because I can, prom I can guarantee you, you're going to have an opportunity this week to be kind. You're going to have an opportunity this week, and you might not even make it to lunch, <laughs> to show gentleness to all people. You're going to have an opportunity. There's going to be a temptation to fight. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to do something. And your flesh is going to rise up. And you're going to want to be argumentative. You're going to want to be contentious. You're going to want to, you're want to, you're going to, you're going to, want to go. It's, it's, it's game time. You're going to want to do it. There's going to be an opportunity. We're going to hear something. You're going to see something. You're going to read something. And you're going to, that flesh going to rise up and you're going to want to take a shot at somebody. Understand and know we're going to have opportunities today, starting today, 
to put this truth into practice in our lives. That's why it's so exciting to be here week in and week out, to get in God's word day in and day out. Because he teaches us his word. He empowers us to do it. He's got all these plans already planned for us to do. He's just asking us to join him. And as we do, we find out, oh, my goodness, exactly what he taught me this morning, there it is. Right there. That's amazing. So that's why we have to focus in each week on some application. How do we put this into practice? Well, last week we used this one application point, so I'm going to hit on it and then we'll go to a couple more. Number one is we look to Jesus. As we said last week, we've got to look to Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we are able to stay focused on Jesus and we're reminded to follow Jesus by faith. Second is use sticky notes. Use these sticky notes. Keep these reminders from God's Word close to your heart and your mind. If that means writing them on a 3 by 5 card, write them on a 3 by 5 card. If that means sticking them on a mirror, sticking them on your desk at work, put them in your car, your truck, on the way to and from work, whatever you got to do, slide a stack of 3 by 5 cards in your pockets as you can pull them out at lunch and you can read through. And you're reminding yourself of these reminders from God's Word. And what you're also doing is you're reading God's Word. What you're also doing is you're studying God's Word. And as you do that, you're also memorizing. God's Word, which is a phenomenal idea for all of us to do. We need to spend time with God. That's how we keep these reminders close to our hearts and our minds. As we spend time with God in His Word and in prayer, God prompts us to obey and to follow His Word. And so we, we look to Jesus, we use these sticky notes, and we got to get creative and how we can keep these reminders near and dear to us. These or maybe others that you know from God's Word. God's full, God's Word is full of amazing reminders to you and to me. And then the third application point is walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit simply means God leads and we follow. What that means is we get out of God's way so that He can have His way in us, through us, for us, and around us. We live His way, not our way. As Paul told us in Galatians chapter 5, I say then walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. We are able to be who God wants us to be. We're able to do what God wants us to do as we walk by the Spirit, as we live in His power, not ours. Let me remind each one of us, I think it's important for us to be reminded as it relates to our relationship with God in Christ Jesus, it relates to our daily walk with the Lord, as it relates to what God is doing in us, making us more and more like Jesus. Remember, our goal each day, our focus each day, our task each day is not be better, do more, try harder. That is not the message from Scripture. The message, please hear me. I'm not telling you be better, do more, try harder. See you next week. The task for us each day, the goal, our focus each day as followers of Jesus Christ is real simple. Follow Jesus by faith. Trust in God and depend on God so that we can follow Jesus by faith. These reminders help us follow Jesus. These reminders put the spotlight on our relationships. These reminders are to be practiced in our relationships. The reason why is that God created us, saved us, gifted us, 
loves us, is watching over us, and is with us day by day. God knows. Relationships are messy. People are messy. We are messy. We need these reminders. We need to be reminded day after day after day to put these truths into practice in our relationships. You see, these reminders help us help others come to know Jesus. These reminders help us help others grow in their faith in Jesus. These reminders help us help others minister for Jesus. These reminders help us help others turn to Jesus. These reminders help us help others to trust in Jesus. These reminders help us to help others wait with Jesus. These reminders help us to help others worship Jesus as we walk by faith in Jesus. These reminders help us to be the the followers, the the ministers, the witnesses that God wants us to be for Jesus. As we look at this application today and this week, we're reminded by the truth of God's Word that we have been blessed by Jesus so that we can be a blessing for Jesus. We have been blessed by Jesus so that we can be a blessing for Jesus. And these reminders enable us to be a blessing for Jesus to all those he's placed around us. And these reminders, when applied in our lives, most certainly bless us. So let's look for opportunities. And I promise you they're coming today. Let's look for opportunities to put these reminders into practice. Let's look for opportunities to join God in every one of his good works. And let's start looking right now. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. So our worship team comes to lead in this time of response. God is speaking to us, and he's put a focus this morning on our relationships, first with him, because nothing's going to happen in our lives and all our other relationships when our relationship with him is out of place. So let me encourage you, my brother and my sister, to renew that focus on Jesus today, to spend time getting right with him, to renew your commitment to him, your trust in him. Confess any sin that has found a home in your life recently. Cry out to him to give you the strength, the wisdom, the grace, the desire you need to do what he's calling you to do. He'll answer those prayers. If you've yet to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then the good news of the gospel is you can receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God by His grace through your response of faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and He rose again on the third day. He's alive today. He defeated sin and death for you and me. And a relationship with God is ours. As we respond to God's grace extended to us in Jesus, placing our faith and trust in him. So I would encourage you, our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They would love to introduce you to Jesus this morning. If you've yet to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you're ready right here, right now to say, I want to get it settled. I want 
to make sure that I know that I know that I know that I have a relationship with God this morning, Mark. Help me to make sure that I have that relationship. These prayer partners would love to pray with you, pray for you, to introduce you to Jesus. Ask a brother or sister in Christ if, if you don't want to come by yourself, and I'm sure they'll come with you. They may just help you right there where you're seated, where you're standing. They may be the one God uses to help you receive his gift of salvation this morning. And then let me encourage you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, let's take advantage of our opportunity in these moments to join God in his good works. Maybe God's calling you to, to bless a brother or sister here. Maybe God's calling you to pray with or to pray for, maybe over a brother or sister in here. You know someone's going through a challenging time. Maybe God just wants you to go and be a minister of encouragement to them, blessing to them. As God gives us opportunity, he wants us to join him in his work, in his strength for his glory. And we reap all the benefits of that. It's our opportunity to respond to God. He has spoken to us, and now we respond in obedience to him. Let's stand and say yes to the Lord this morning.